Ideas matter. Ideas matter. This is dialogue. Hello and welcome to dialogue and happy new year. Chinese President Xi Jinping has delivered his 2024 New Year message and extended New Year wishes to all Chinese. President Xi hailed China's achievements in 2023 and expressed full confidence in the future. What were some of the highlights of the New Year message? What are the priority goals for China in 2024? And how will China tackle domestic and external challenges in the coming year? Joining us in today's dialogue are Victor Gaojikai, Chair Professor of Suzhou University, and Aina Tangen, Current Affairs Commentator. So, welcome to dialogue and Happy New Year, Happy New Year. Uh, Victor. Happy New Year. I start with you. You know, how do you describe the overall tone of the message from the president? Thank you very much for having me. I think President Xi Jinping's New Year message last night is very heartwarming.、Uh, it's exactly the right message for the Chinese people. Who went through the year 2023 in a very important transitional period? I think、uh, last year was the first full year after lifting all the COVID-19 related restrictions. Therefore, there were headwinds for the Chinese economy, and、uh, many businesses felt difficulties in their daily operations, for example, and、uh, growth rate、uh, was coming down. So there are difficulties. However, President Xi Jinping's overall tone was full of confidence. He gave a very objective analysis of the situation in 2023, outlining the difficulties, the challenges, but also projected a very high level of confidence. For the coming year, this is exactly what the Chinese people need, and also all the Chinese、uh, enterprises, for example, and society at large. Because for this New Year message, we need to find some direction as to how the country will embark upon for the New Year starting today. And I think the message, in that sense, is a very important message of. Confidence for the future.、Mm, confidence of the future. <clears throat> so, Anna, what impressed you the most、uh, in terms of you know the message touches upon domestic development in 2023 and also the policies, you know, all the guidelines, you know, direction we are expected in 2024. Well, first, I just want to give my overall impression, which was, and I agree with Victor. This, this was the the right message for the time. It was not over the top. It was not under. I mean, what he was doing is being very, very realistic. And what I noted、uh, from the very beginning to the end is that it wasn't about you know one group of people doing it. He said it was all. If you go through the speech,、uh, the most number was development all、uh, together. These were the words that were being stressed, and what he was talking about is, is he went through 75, you know, 45 years of, of development, all right. And you, what has happened through that period of time? He covers it briefly. He talks about the bright parts in the future, but he also acknowledged that there had been people who had had a hard time, and this is really, really important as a, a leader. You can't just pretend and say everything's great.、Mm-hmm. So I think、uh, taking that out, and then. The most important part, he says, everything that China has accomplished is due to the character of the Chinese people. He talked about hard work, about its history, the philosophy, about giving to society. He talked about instances where it was very, very important,、uh, where Chinese people had gone above and beyond, and, and talked about how that really made it, his heart warm. So, you know, you can get into the policies, but I, I think this is、uh, kind of a, a pick-me-up speech、uh, for the nation. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, 
One thing President Xi Jinping said in his New Year message impressed me a great deal. He said, for the last year, 2023, every ordinary Chinese is making extraordinary efforts. So that's the reality. I think everyone is trying his or her best to pull it off. Everyone refuses to give up and everyone wants to do whatever they can to overcome the difficulties or the challenges or the new circumstances so that himself, herself, their family, their society, their community will be better off. And we do have a lot of headwind, but I think through this kind of extraordinary efforts done by every China, Chinese people in China, we can overcome whatever difficulties there are mm -hmm. for this country. And we did this for 2023, and we will do this again for 2024. Resilience. Yeah, re resilience, but it, it also going beyond that, it's this issue that, um, you know, it, it, some people were unhappy, and a lot of it has to go with confidence. And this speech was aimed at restoring people's base confidence. Look how far we've come. We have further to go. Do not give up. Do not give up the values that have gotten us there. And I, I think, as I said, it's the right note. Yeah, speak of that, uh, Anna, you know, if you take a look at uh, the speech, uh, the president said uh, highly of the pursuit of high quality development. Uh, he said, quote, a number of advanced, smart and green industries are rapidly emerging as new pillars of the economy. We've been talking about the economy transitioning to new growth drivers. Basically, the president pointed to some of them here, like uh, the new industries, uh, you know, new energies, green industries, smart, advanced technologies here, as well as, I would say, uh, tech innovation. Yeah, well, I, I think this is really important. I mean, electric vehicles, China is leading the world. If you look at uh, green energy, both solar and uh, wind turbines and things, they're made in China and things like that. But going beyond and above that is this industrial revolution, which is occurring uh, as we speak. And by that, I mean taking digitalization to manufacturing, reducing the costs, making things more efficient. These are the time of long-term drivers where China is in the front seat. Uh, there is no nation on earth. I think last eight years, China has put in more robots than any other nation, almost half of the total in the world. And they're the ones who are pushing uh, this digitalization within that makes things more efficient. Well, I would say if we focus on the positive achievements that China has made over 2023, as President Xi Jinping outlined in his list of these major achievements, I think we should be very proud because indeed for quite a few sectors, China is not only making huge progress, China is really moving to the forefront. For example, as Anna said, EV, China is now the biggest uh, exporter of EV cars to the rest of the world. And also in semiconductor, in digital economy at large, and also in uh, quantum computing, for example, and also in deep space, deep sea, you name it. If you look at these sectors, China is either pulling to the forefront or very much just behind number one or number two in the world. That gives China a lot of momentum for the future. For example, China is now the biggest exporter of vehicles, but then China has really made groundbreaking breakthroughs in terms of EV car. I would say in EV car, China is in top one position. And this probably will give a boost to China's economic development and manufacturing activities for at least a decade to come. And I think we need to 
uh, be very objective when we look at the headwinds and difficulties, which are serious. But also we need to be very confident, as President Xi Jinping uh, told the whole uh, nation yesterday, that we do have breakthroughs, we do have technological achievements, which should give us great confidence for China's economic development in the coming five years, ten years and beyond. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, it's about the recovery of the economy. Uh, and uh, if you look at the numbers, you know, we talked about uh, the headwinds, the challenges, you know, China-U.S. relationship with the, the pandemic. And of course, the transition period of the economy itself, of course, the, we will have some sometimes challenges, let's say. The goal is about 5% of economic growth for 2023. So uh, it seems like we are on on the way to achieve that goal. Well, you know, it's kind of strange. I mean, China came out with 5%, and then, you know, all the naysayers is, oh, it's too low, it's too high, right? <laughs> you know, it's kind of like the story of the three bears, too hard, too soft, or just perfect. Well, it seems that uh, they were pretty much online. And why can they do that? Because they have, a, uh, you know, they have the ability to plan and adjust. Uh, they have more tools in their toolbox in terms of adjusting the economy, and you've seen that. And they've been very, very cautious uh, some people say too cautious, but the issue is you don't want to be where the U.S. is today or where Europe is, massively piled on debt, struggling with inflation, uh, economies at very, very, very low levels. So you know, I, think, I think the government is trying to learn uh, from those economies who didn't quite get it right and are really suffering right now. So uh, China is going to hit, hit their mark. Uh, which is funny because in the mid-year people were saying, oh, it's only going to be 3%. The world is going to collapse. There's this kind of the sky is falling type of attitude that's going on. The same people, I, I just, I, I can't, I, I don't hear their voices right now <laughs> as China continues. That, but that, you know, there are tough areas out there. And I, I really respect the fact that he, he got up and said, look, there are tough areas. And it's going to, there are always going to be a tough areas and we have to adjust and you just keep pushing. Yeah. No, I, I think uh, China will announce the GDP growth rate uh, and exact numbers in a matter of a week or two. So we will see what China is doing for 2023. On the other hand, I think I went to the United States for about four times in 2023, and there were a lot of speculation that the Chinese economy had peaked and the Chinese economy uh, is getting nowhere. and. Uh, uh, all the uh, growth potentials have been fully exhausted and the future trend is going down. I personally completely disagree. And in the United States, in engaging with the different audiences at university, think tanks, for example, I presented my own analysis. I think the Chinese economy will continue to grow very uh, dynamically for the coming few decades. Because, as President Xi Jinping outlined, major technological breakthroughs last night. Uh, I think the whole world should be very much impressed that China is not exhausting itself. China is generating new momentum and is leading the world in quite a few very important technological breakthroughs. And this will really put a flaw to the economic development in China. We may gain something, we may lose something, which is inevitable, but overall, so long as China keeps this innovation and keeps investing in technology, research and uh, uh, technological breakthroughs, I think the Chinese economy will continue to grow very robustly for the foreseeable future.
But I mean, if you describe the current status of the Chinese economy to a foreign audience, you know, uh, Anna, for example, uh, you know, there are bright spots, the future forward looking uh, oriented industries, for example, new energies, uh, mm -hmm. new energy cars, uh, or batteries, for example, etc. There are some sectors they are suffering from the challenges, you know, a property market, for example. But yep. uh, because of those bright spots in those new sectors, I mean, that's probably, we can say, it's sustainable for the economic growth at around 5% well, over some years. Yeah, how many, how many times have you heard the word high quality development? All right, and now mm -hmm. you know, everything you just two just talked about yeah, is high right. quality development. Uh, no, you're not pioneering uh, in terms of making clothes or assembling uh, you know, little toys and things mm -hmm. like that. A lot of those industries are moving elsewhere, but that was always the plan. China, with you know, wages rising, which is what they want, uh, they, they want more disposable income. That has to come from a higher tier, and they know from all the you know times that they've observed countries trying to break through that that middle income trap. They know that you have to get the technology, you have to have the IP, because if you don't have that, you serve those who do. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Victor, you mentioned about uh, the um, the challenges. Obviously, I mean, the president, uh, uh, in his speech, made it clear. I mean, he didn't avoid mentioning this uh, these challenges. He said, uh, uh, "Let me quote here: Some enterprises, and uh, you know, uh, had a tough time. Some people had difficult difficulty finding jobs and meeting basic needs. You know, what does that mean to the society when we know that oh, the leadership, the government is fully aware of the challenges ahead, uh, challenges now, you know, the, the, the difficulties? Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I highly appreciate President Xi Jinping's uh, objectivity uh, on outlining these existing issues. For example, youth uh, employment is a problem because uh, we have uh, quite a few millions of people getting out of college and then the job market is not that good some of them need to be very creative in lining up some job to start with this is a reality I think the whole nation need to do more to figure out better ways to make sure that college graduates will need to find meaningful jobs and I think we need to mobilize many enterprises and uh, government entities you name it so that students getting out of college we will not be hit with jobless situation for too long, let's say six months or 12 months or even longer. And they will need to find a situation to put their knowledge and their talents to good use. Now, on the other hand, allow me to mention that today is the first day of the maiden voyage of Adora Magic City. Uh, China made a cruise liner in Shanghai uh, and it's making its calls on several uh, cities in this part of Asia. China now is one of the very few countries which can build LNG ships, uh, large cruise line ships and uh, aircraft carriers in the world. This is another example to show that the Chinese economy is really getting upscale and is more and more moving into very sophisticated manufacturing sectors, not only in shipbuilding, for example, which China is really very strong, but also in airplanes. C919 airplane has been in operation for quite a few months. And then China is really moving into very, very top-notch uh, manufacturing uh, capacities, I would say. So the world should be prepared that the configuration of the Chinese economy will probably be changed significantly with manufacturing, especially high-quality, high-grade manufacturing, accounting for a larger percentage going forward. And then, going forward, service 
sector will increase from currently about 50% to, let's say, 60% mm -hmm. or 65%. More In the United States, yeah. there are service industry accounts for more than 80%. So I think there is a lot of room for maneuvering in the Chinese com economic configuration in the coming years. Well, uh, speak of that. We, we need to get his prediction. You sound pretty certain here. We need your prediction on the marketplace. Where will the market be next year in December? <laughs> yeah. We, you know, speak of that, of course, the 2024, you know, the president did mention about you know, uh, the direction of the, seems to me, like a fiscal or monetary policy for next year. You know, he said, uh, quote, we will continue to act on the principle of a seeking progress while maintaining stability, promoting stability through progress, and establishing the new before abolishing the old. We will consolidate and strengthen the momentum of economic re recovery and the work to achieve steady and long-term economic development. We will deepen reform and opening up across the board, further enhance people's confidence in development, promote vibrant development of the economy. You know, what kind of policy do you see uh, you know, uh, for, for next year or for 2024 or next years, I would say. So they're, they're working on the opportunity side. They're saying we're going to try to provide the opportunities out there. We're not just going to give you cash. This is not going to be a helicopter society <laughs> where they just here. <laughs> throw it out there. This is not going to be uh, the, the stimulus that was given away during uh, COVID-19 in the U.S. and Europe. Uh, they said, look, we, we, we want to have a, a, a very, very steady a, a market that's sustainable. And it doesn't come through increasing subsidies and things like that or just throwing money on the table or bailing out industries. And it's not just the industry. I mean, this is one of the things that people don't talk about. There's some big players who over-leveraged, right? They went in big time in the property market, exactly. They over-leveraged, and now they're paying the price, and the people who invested in them paying the price. But you can't, what are you going to tell people? Go ahead, make big bets, and we'll cover you. That sounds more like the United States, right? Okay, so, I mean, it's interesting that China is taking a more laissez-faire approach to its major markets than, quote, the United States, which says, oh, we're a laissez-faire economy. Too big to fall. Well, yes, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, this, this is the thing. So, but within the real estate industry, there are a lot of players who are snapping up bargains now. These are entities that people should be looking to invest. In fact, the reason I brought up the market is I am I, almost certain, all right, that if you invest money this year because of the low valuations and all of the negative press, by next year, you'll be doing better. Why? Well, China's going to be one half of the world's growth. All right. You, you look at Europe. Do you want to invest in Europe? You know, negative growth in Germany and in France. I mean, they really have headwinds. The U.S., it looks good on paper, but then you start looking at uh, bankruptcies or historic highs and things like this. So I think, you know, China's going to shine by its actions as opposed to just talking uh, about what could happen. Mm -hmm. uh, Policy-wise, Victor, so are we going to see, let's say, you know, proactive fiscal or monetary policy in 2024? Uh, it seems to me like the focus is on the growth side, um, you know, or the government job, like prioritize economic growth and long-term stable growth. Well, I think uh, PBOC uh, recently indicated that they will be more proactive in coming up with new policies to promote the Chinese economic development. Now, I would say, if you look at China as a whole, there are certain cities or towns, for example, 
which have some、uh, financial difficulties. Now this is a reality. Now how they can、uh, get over these difficulties? How can the central government, the provincial government, and the city governments cooperate? For example, in raising some money one way or another. Recently, China, through I think the、uh, finance ministry, has raised.、Uh, A large amount of renminbi、uh, indebtedness, like yeah. Yeah, yeah, in order to parcel them up into local cities and uh, uh, local governments,、uh, in order to、uh, prevent more serious financial problems for these、uh, regions in different parts of China. Now, this is absolutely a very important thing to do because you cannot just leave some of the cities or local governments completely on their own, and they will be buried. By the、uh, local indebtedness, so this kind of、uh, national initiatives, mobilizing different entities at the central government level, provincial level, local government level, is absolutely necessary. Because otherwise, if you have a low level of confidence lasting for too、mm. long, then it will become a self-fulfilling. Prophecy leading to the wrong direction. I think the country still need to come up with more. Proactive policy initiatives to make sure that the pessimistic tendency will be stopped and reversed, and then the more positive outlook will be injected into the enterprises' minds about the future for 2024.、Yeah, I, I, but I don't think that anybody would argue with that, <laughs> Victor. The question is how. And you know, at the same time as you're pushing money towards、uh, local government debt, you still have to be aware that. You know, a lot of people came up with projects which weren't very good, and、um, you know, as a result, you don't want to reward them. That's kind of like the thing with the real estate companies. You want to make it clear, and the government has has passed rules that you are responsible. For your projects after you leave, you can't just walk away and say "ah, victory" and then go into your next spot.、Right. So this promoting responsibility, looking at the long term, I think this is、uh, China's strength. It has been for 22 years since、mm-hmm. WTO, especially, but over the 45-year period, you, you can't argue with results. Yeah,、uh, let's shift a little bit to the diplomacy. You know, the、uh, president talked about、uh, Chinese diplomacy in 2023.、Uh, we can see that、uh, you know、uh, the. China played a role in mediating the restoration of dip- diplomatic relationship between Saudi Arabia and Iran, and also, for example, expansion of BRICS uh, uh, grouping, and also、uh, China has a stabilized relationship with、uh, major partners like the U.S., European countries.、Uh, that's really something. Well, the U.S. is supplying weapons、uh, that are killing people in、uh, both Ukraine and also in Gaza. China, on the other hand, has been working towards peace, not imposing peace, but trying to bring people to the table, not labeling one side or another side as you know we, we can't deal with you because. The only way these are going to be settled is at the negotiating table. These, this myth that、uh, you can bludgeon、uh, or bomb somebody into submission hasn't worked before. It didn't work in Vietnam. It hasn't. It didn't work in Afghanistan.、Uh, there's no reason to believe that it's going to work now. So、uh, I think China is coming out way, way ahead、uh, in comparison to the U.S. Uh, I mean, U.S. actions. A lot of people see it as having to do with starting a lot of these conflicts, or at least、mm-hmm. allowing them to come on. Whereas、right. China's trying to get rid of them. Yeah, Victor. You know, it seems the Chinese philosophy or the Chinese belief is that you know. Here again,、uh, the president said, you know, no matter how the goal, a、uh, global landscape may evolve, peace and development remain the underlying trend 
and earning cooperation for mutual benefit can deliver. Is that the Chinese belief? Yes, I, I think, I think uh, at this point is not only very philosophical, yeah. but also very pragmatic in the world mm. today. Now, allow me to mention that for the war between Russia and Ukraine, and for the war now between Israel and uh, Palestinians, China is in both cases calling for ceasefire, calling for negotiation, calling for stopping the bloodletting. And I think this should be a happy surprise for many countries in the world because China is not just calling for ceasefire for the Ukrainian-Russian war. China is doing exactly the same thing, very affirmatively for the Palestinian-Israeli war. Why? Because China always believes war, in the final analysis of the world, may not be the most effective way to achieve any constructive purposes. You need to bring people bring the different parties to the negotiation table to talk about peace, to talk about how to achieve lasting peace. China wants to help the parties involved to achieve lasting peace involving Israeli on the one hand and the Palestinians on the other hand, and also achieving lasting peace for Russia and Ukraine. This is the most important thing. Yeah, the Chinese philosophy. You know, we have uh, a few minutes left here. So, and, and interestingly, you know, there's one point you know, about uh, Taiwan. In the Chinese version, the president didn't even name, mention the name. He said, oh, peaceful reunification will be achieved. This is a routine. This is the Chinese policy on that. But if you look at the mainstream media in the West, they're making a big story out of that, like China is a threatening. Well, it's the only story that came out of it, which was kind of interesting. Here you have the one China policy, which basically says there's only one China. That goes back to the 70s, right? And every year this is repeated, and it's in the Constitution. So the fact that he says that he's looking forward to the reunification is not a threat, but this is the state of a paranoia that's out there. Uh, so many countries are, are, they want to find fault in whatever China does. I mean, where are the, as I said earlier, where are the people who are saying, oh, China's only have two or three percent growth? Where are they right now? Where are, the, where are the apologies? Where are they saying, well, I got it wrong? No. And you see this time and time again. Anytime there's an opportunity to be critical of China, they jump on it without looking at the complete picture, which is blinding people. Yeah, make a big story out of nothing. Indeed. China is the only permanent member state of the United Nations Security Council, among the five of them, which has not yet achieved the full unification of the country. And this dates back all the way to 1949 uh, because of the unfinished civil war. However, since the beginning of the 1980s, China has always been promoting for peaceful reunification, and this is the fact. I think media in other countries should really do some homework to see the evolution of China's policy about Taiwan since 1949, and they should be happy that China is now promoting peaceful reunification rather than clamoring for war. Well, with that, we come to the end for today's show. Many thanks to our guests. I'm Xu Qindu. See you next time. Sideline Story brings you all things sports-related. The hottest topics, latest events, juiciest stories, all with a very personal take. Subscribe to Sideline Story Podcast for heated sports discussions covering events that are happening in China and around the world.